Welcome to Drinks at Work from Boothby with Sam Bygrave. That, as you know, is me. I'm talking to one of my favorite Australian bartenders in this episode, James Connolly. He's a veteran of the Perth bartending scene and one of the nicest guys in the business. And recently, he opened the very first bar of his own, Bertie in Bassendean in Perth. He's one of a growing number of bartenders turned owners who have decided to open their places a little further from the CBD. So he talks a little bit about the motivation behind that, about his career to date, which has seen him in multiple roles, and he talks a bit about the importance of reviews as well, having got a pretty damn good one from Rob Broadfield over at WA Today. Okay, enough from me. Let's hear from James Connolly. James Connolly, welcome to Drinks at Work from Boothby. Hey, Sam. What an honor to be on your on your podcast show. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure everything in your career has been building to this moment. <laughs> two, two middle-aged white men on a podcast. Well, what a new concept. What will they think of next? I resent the middle-aged quote too, by the way. Uh, How are you now? <laughs> we don't have to go into that. Yeah, you're one of the, the the veterans of the Perth bartending scene. You've been involved in some of the city's most important bars, from Defectors to El Publico, Enrique's, Angels Cut. Uh, you're the group bars manager for a time there for Long Chim, uh, managing bars around the country. But uh, now you finally opened your own bar, Birdie, in Bassadian. Did I say that right? Yep. How's that experience been? Just very quickly. I've learned a lot for sure. It's different. When you work for a large pub group, for example, and you're opening bars, yeah, you need something done. You're just like, you go do that. Mm. Um, whereas now, yeah, like it lets you do everything. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're back to being a glassy, basically. <laughs> yeah, there's a fair bit of polishing goes on and being emptying and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I want to get into that a bit more, but uh, let's start at the start. If we, if you can remember that far back, uh, what's your what's your bartending origin story? How'd you get into the drinks world in, in the first place? Uh, I was abandoned and raised by at a dive bar and raised by a, a group of bartenders. Um, <laughs> oh, I can see that happening actually. Yeah. So in 2007, <laughs> I moved to Perth and I didn't really know anyone apart from my sister, who conveniently wasn't here uh, mm. like she was supposed to be. So I was like, oh, well, I probably need to get to meet some people. And I'd worked in bars in the UK, like in pubs and stuff like that. So I was mm. saw an ad in the paper to go and work at Must Wine Bar, and I gave them a call, and they were like, I'll oh, just come down. You can start off as a glassy bar back. And I was like, all right, well, that sounds sounds like fun. It's probably the mm. oldest bar back in town at 27 years old or something like that. Yeah, like I just uh, – Really enjoyed the the vibe. I like learning about alcohol, drinks, booze in in general. Worked my way up from bar back to bar manager eventually. Yeah. After that, I decided to go and try working in a restaurant, which didn't work out. I think I lasted three months there. Had a falling out with the boss, and decided that it, you know at that age I had the confidence to be like a um, rather work somewhere I enjoy than somewhere I'm not happy so pulled mm. pin and I got off the bus on the way home from that and I bumped into because uh, I lived next door to the Flying Scotsman with, with defectors was upstairs yeah and uh, bumped into one of the boss's sons and I was like oh, I don't suppose you need any bartenders jokingly and he's like I actually really need someone to run upstairs and I was like oh, I'll do that and he was like okay that was pretty much my job interview we did some cool stuff up there like a lot of people Seem to seem to enjoy it. El Publico was there for a year, year and a bit, um, opening that, which was a obviously 
one of the first tequila bars in in Western Australia. Very Spent good. a year and a bit at El Publico, and then I went over to to Rockpool to work with uh, Dave Newen for six to eight months, which was once again very different in terms of like you're almost in that sort of fine dining mm. atmosphere. From Rockpool, we opened Enrique's, which is probably still one of the my fondest bars. I think like it was a lot of fun. I loved I loved that bar. What was the can you what was the full name of it? It was um Enrique's School for to Bullfighting. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was based around a concept I just come back from Barcelona because I've been there with um Jim Mare mm. and just that sort of whole gin and tonic culture that was happening in, in Spain and I was like, This is perfect for for Australia, you know, and we've got like the perfect weather, like we love food, we love gin and tonics, and so sort of brought that that concept back. And um, I mean, I'd probably go out and live and say we're maybe the only people at the time, or the first people at the time, to be to be doing anything like that. That gin tonica style, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like where you're using premium gin products. We had you know five or seven, five or six different types of mixer serving it in a, a beautiful sort of balloon-style glass and then having a, a whole different range of um, garnishes that people could, could choose from. Mm. Had a really good team there as well. Like Phil the Drill was was with me. That's Phil Weber. For- <laughs> Phil Weber, yeah. <laughs> yep. He's, uh, yeah, he was always fun to work with. Always, every, every day is a new day with Phil. Um, <laughs> he did bring a lot of character to the place, I will say that. <laughs> personality yeah yeah he's got heaps of that for sure yeah um, but it was a pop-up bar right but it lasted for popped up for two years two yeah, years, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a great little atmosphere there it was really kind of festive and fun uh and good drinks yeah you know it was the sun coming down on Beaufort Street you know yeah we used to play 80s music all day long food food was good we had a really good cocktail list as well yeah and then from Enrique's uh, I moved into like the because they had a couple of venues. So I moved into like a group beverage manager role. So we were doing um, the trustee, and then we turned the upstairs bar and the trustee into Angel's Cut, which was a rum bar which had you know 120, 130 rums on the on the back bar. Mm. The job at um, Long Chim came up, so I was like, I'd be stupid if I didn't give it a go. Working for a Michelin star chef has you know like a certain cachet to it and it's exciting and it's new and like the food at long Chim still sensational life yeah i mean it was a lot i was there for four years this job came up at the art group which you know was perth based big pub group you know had lots of large venues and it was a new challenge so i decided to give that a go once again i was there for, for four years eventually they sold to abc and then i was got made redundant which was probably a good result in, in fairness. <laughs> Kicked around, right? Took three weeks off. I don't think I'd taken three weeks off in the previous 15 years in a, in a row. Yeah. It did nothing, literally did nothing for three weeks. Yeah, so how, how long has Bertie been in the works for? Bought it last year and then it was just So, so it was an existing tour. venue, was it? Yeah, yeah. So it used to be a bar called... Um, Cork and Bottle, which was like a neighbourhood bar, I guess. But, I mean, it had issues. You know, all bars do. 
<laughs> and um, it's a really great space. And the the suburb that it's in was still twenty minutes from the the CBD. Um, we're right on the edge of the the Swan Valley, which is WA's second best known wine growing region. Yeah. It's also yeah. a really old wine growing region as well. Yeah, it's a there's a, a big tract of corridor there. Whereas once you get past Mount Lawley, there's there's nothing really in that sort of small bar ilk that's you know of a really high high quality good standard mm. so sort of an opportunity to to do something out, out this way yeah. and so what's the sort of elevator pitch for birdie how would you describe it to people what can people expect when they're walking through the doors i think the menu is beautiful like it uh someone was in the other day they said like if you walk past it in london or like melbourne or something like that it wouldn't wouldn't look out of place that's nice to hear yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good, good designers there. I think <laughs> wine and food is our, our primary focus. So there's 18 wines by the glass, yeah. 120 yeah. wines on the main list as well. But you know, calling it just a wine bars, un- underselling it. We've got an incredibly talented chef, uh, Anthony Yule, who, like me, is a is a geezer from the from the motherland. <laughs> when I was looking for a chef, I spoke to a, a friend of mine. I was like, I don't suppose I know anyone looking for a Head chef role. She was like, I should do like he's an English guy. And I was like, oh, English people were the worst. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll give him a call. And like, I spoke to him about how he wanted to do like a, a British sort of food concept, you know, sort of that gastro pub. And Anthony was like, yeah, that's what I love. I'd love to cook that style of food. So it seemed like a, a match made in heaven. And he's actually a really, really nice guy as well for a chef. <laughs> for a chef you always have to have that qualifier on there right <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. They're, they're a special breed chefs you know like anyone that likes to be locked in a hot box with three other men for 18 hours a day without windows it's just like there's they're a little bit different <laughs> well as long as the food's good um, yeah but chefs chefs have changed a lot in the last 15 years like they you know it's gone from shouting and screaming to you know could you please run my run my food instead of throwing plates around and stuff like that? So uh, yeah, it's it's, it's different, now, well, which is better. It's good to hear that you got one of the good ones in. Um, why 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 did you choose to open in Bassendean and not someplace else? Easier to do there. What's the what are the other reasons why? Like I was saying, like I think the the suburb and the areas the as a whole um, really wanted something like this. Yeah, almost needed something like this like i live in the local area i've lived here in this area for 10 years maybe and you know like you get on a on a saturday or a sunday or whatever and you're like oh i want to go somewhere and you know there's a big sort of strip you know like a five kilometer strip and there's five massive pubs right and i love pubs as much as the next person give me a pint of guinness and a chicken parmy i'm I'm a happy man um but there's there's there wasn't really anywhere that you could go that was intimate that you know had um, really great high quality product whether it's wine or cocktails or beers and food obviously in, in this area you know you'd be having to drive back into Mount Lawley for example which is you know 15 minutes away and so far it's been really well received like people locals keep coming back and back and back you know like some people are in three four four days a week which is really encouraging to see, you know, so like yeah. obviously resonated. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic to have uh, regulars already. How, how long has the bar been open for now? I think this is week nine. Nice. 
So it feels like one long shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you tell us what that, that process is like for people, you know, Working on the opening crew of a place is one thing, and you know that's always pretty hectic. But what's it like uh, working on the opening crew, but also you know being the guy who owns it and was re- responsible for everything? There's obviously a lot of things you can do beforehand. You know, you're like, um, this is what a this is what I need to order. This is the you know this is the booze that we're going to have. This is the cocktail equipment. You know, like you can do all that. But then there's like this manic two week period before opening where you like get to push the button and all that stuff. And so like things are arriving, you know, and then you've got to like organize that and, you know, certain things have to be done in a certain order. And one person's one day late or delivery's one day late, it throws everything out. So hmm. there was um, a fairly big week there. At one point, I think I, I left the house at like 5.45 a.m. to let the, the painters in. Uh, and then I got home at 10:45, 11 p.m. that that night. That was a I remember that day. That was that was my birthday. Maybe the day after. <laughs> that was your birthday present, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and there's always people asking questions like you know the staff that want to know when they can start, when they can you know maybe quit their current job, and you mm. know, and you don't actually have a definite definite date because there's always something that can go wrong so that, like you know there's a little bit of you need a little bit of slack and you have to be quite fluid at the same time do you enjoy that challenge i've done it a few times now um in as in opening venues yeah. i do uh, and like no one no one opening is ever the same every 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 time there's different problems yeah yeah i think it's it's you know, the only thing you learn from doing multiple of them is that you know that there's got to be shit happening and you, <laughs> you just have to deal with it, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah you just got to ride the wave and um, I hope you don't get dumped, dumped in the surf. Um, when it comes to the, the the drinks focus, wine's obviously a big focus. You said you got 120 on the list. Um, you're well known as a cocktail guy. Yeah. Why did you want to lean into the, the, the wine world as opposed to say, you know, you could do like a spritz kind of bar or something that's sort of that's kind of local friendly. Yeah, like, like I said, I think um, wine is definitely our focus, um, and I, I've always worked around wine. Like my first job was in a wine bar. I've been lucky enough to work with some amazing wine professionals, and believe it or not, Sam, I don't actually drink that many cocktails. I drink wine and, and beer. <laughs> I know, I know. We've had a drink together, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, because I drink them too quickly and then, you know, it's over very quickly, which <laughs> sometimes is a good thing. But um, I've always enjoyed wine. Um, and like, like you quite rightly say, I've probably been associated with cocktails more than anything. But um, I, I've always um, been interested in, in the wine side of things. I like to think that I have fairly decent wine knowledge, especially for a bartender. I reckon I could hold my own against most in, in, in that regard. I can also make yeah. great cocktails and pour a perfect pint of Guinness. There's, there's not many bartenders that can um, can do, do the trifecta, so to speak. Yeah. Well, it, it seems to me that uh, the older you, older you get on in your bartending career, uh, the more you're uh, become, the more knowledgeable you become about wine. How easy is it to open a bar in Perth these days? Uh, there was a big explosion of sort of small bars around 10 years ago at a really, really vibrant kind of scene. Has that 
been sort of impacted by the pandemic years? Is it is it still growing? Since we open, I reckon there's been at least one bar that I know of, maybe two or three that are opening or just about to open. So there's definitely still a lot of bars that are, you know, at, at that stage. It's like anything in, in, in an economy, right? Some people fall away, other people, someone sees that as an opportunity to, you know, pick up a distressed asset and make some changes to it and hopefully make some make some money and make a contribution to the, the industry as a, as a whole. This CBD, uh, I'm not sure what Sydney or Melbourne CBD is like at the moment. They're like it's a bit odd, like it's busier at different times. Like, you know, when I first moved, moved to Perth in 2007, no one would go to the CBD on a Saturday night. Like that, that would be an absolute yeah, ghost yeah. town. Like Northbridge and Mount Orley and Highgate were like the sort of Leaderville, Subiaco, they were the places to go. Uh, and now it seems to have come like full, full circle again, whereas the, the CBD is quieter and the sort of uh, suburbs are definitely where the, a lot of the, the action's at. Um, you've you've re- received some glowing reviews on opening. Um, there's some really good buzz about the place. How does that uh, influence trade at all? Does it Does it help? Is it like a short burst or is it, you know, does it make much of a difference at all? Um, I'll be making a lot more cocktails than I was expecting. That's for sure. <laughs> there was a, for anyone who hasn't seen it, there was a glowing review uh, by Rob Broadfield talking about the best cocktail maker in Perth is back and you got to go see him for a, for a cocktail. I'm, I'm not sure everyone went away, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, you, I, you haven't made me a cocktail for a, for a number of years. I think you, I think it's fair to say you step back. <laughs> Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, like after like something like that, you just get like people come in, they just walk up to the bar and they'd be like, four old fashioned things, and you'd be like, okay. <laughs> Do you want to see what we have here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely piqued an interest in, um, in cocktails and people are coming coming here, not just for, for wine, like we've, we've also got some really great beers on on tap so that like there's there's lots of reasons for people people to come you know like yeah reviews like that all obviously help and like people comment on on things like that as well like they come in and be like i read your review in the in wa today so we, we decided we we had to come down which is good there's also things like google reviews now which you know is is, is important because it's generally the first place people look when they're looking for an address or something of how to how to find some somewhere yeah and you mentioned that you know there's there's a lot of sort of reasons to come in the beers as well as the wines and how important try i guess you you kind of want local patronage right you want regular customers how do you go about trying to get them in sort of two to three times a week rather than just even once a week or once a month i think a lot of that comes down to to service right like um something like i talked to the the team about constantly we need to make sure that, you know, we make everyone feel, feel welcome, whether it's their first time in or, you know, they're a local that's been in 10, 15, 15 times. We don't always get it 100% right, but I like to think we get it right 90, 95% of the, the time. A lot of the reviews and stuff that we get, we talk about how, how good the, the customer, customer service is, you know, and, and I think that's what makes makes a difference between, you know, maybe coming to us in this, like, small 
smaller, intimate space than going to your local local pub. All right. Well, thinking about that, um, what is it that you look for in a great bar, James Connolly? But more importantly, uh, what makes you happy in a bar? What makes me happy in a bar? I like it at closing time when everyone's gone. <laughs> Everyone's gone home and I'm the only person here. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Someone was saying to me the other day, they're like, they've been working in bartending for, I don't know, like six or seven years. And they're like, how do you, how do you still like work behind a bar after six, 16 years? And like, I thought about it for a moment and I was like, I still find people fascinating. Like the moment they walk through the door and you're like trying to break down, like analyze them maybe in your, in your mind or your sub, subconscious about, what potentially going to be like? I always try and guess what people are going to order when they when they walk through the door, just yeah, by like yeah. how they carry themselves, and you know, like a little game that, that I play in my mind. Some people you have like the most amazing interactions with over the bar, and you're like, I'd love to like serve you every day for the, for the rest of my life. And then other people you're like, is your life just filled with weird social interactions with <laughs> with people and <laughs> And like sometimes part of the challenge is trying to get those people to sort of open up and you know in, enjoy the, the themselves and you know um, so like the, the human nature of the, the the bar like really really still still fascinates me immensely. Sorry, I, I, I went off on a on a tangent there. Uh, what do I oh, like in great. a bar? I like all the things that we've got here. Like I like I like good beer. Um, Beer is probably one of my favorite favorite beverages ever. So um, <laughs> I think that um, that's really important. Like I, I love wine. Like I drink a lot of wine, and I think once again, some people tell me they don't they don't like wine, or they only like white wine, white wine, or they don't like red wine. I think there's a wine out there for for everyone. They just haven't maybe maybe found it yet. And then good cocktails as well. Like. With cocktails, like what we try and do here is like, you know, if you give a chef like a beautiful piece of fish, for example, the hardest thing for him to do is just put maybe put some salt on it, cook it perfectly and like send it out. And that's that's yeah, yeah. kind of like how I look at cocktails now is more a sort of effort reward type thing. It's like, you know, I can go through all these processes and do all this weird, amazing prep, you know, that's going to create a drink. But at the end of the day, is that drink going to taste better than a classic or a, a riff with like a really high quality spirit? And, you know, and so sometimes you think, oh, that's great. I, I appreciate all the effort that you've gone into to make this amazing looking looking drink. But, you know, when you, when you add it up, it's probably the effort rewards maybe, maybe not in, in parity. All right. Well, James Connolly, thank you for joining me on Drinks at Work. It's always a pleasure to catch up. Um, I can't wait to get him. come in and try try all the wonderful wines and probably order four old fashions as well. Don't forget Scotch eggs, best Scotch eggs you've ever had in your life. There you go. Thanks very yeah. much, James. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks to James for the chat and thank you to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could give it a rating on Apple Podcasts or in your podcast player of choice. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.